Well, that was mayhem. Let's talk about the Preds' wild 4-3 overtime win over the New Jersey Devils today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at onthefourcheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts well is everybody having a good exhale this morning (laughs) it's a good unclench morning it's a it's a good morning to just sort of breathe it out and do some like hockey yoga breathing yeah, this feels like you got to go like for the celery juice cleanse or something like that. It's yeah. Like, it's yeah. like ooh, I'm positive, whatever, whatever your positive morning routine is. Yeah, for sure. This, this was a great day to wake up. It was very like, it's at the musical Oklahoma where you just wake up and you stretch a bed and you're like, oh, what a beautiful morning. Because you wake up and you're like <laughs> the Nashville Predators yeah. beat the New Jersey Devils. Who are one of the best teams in the NHL yeah. last night for real? And it not, wasn't a dream. Not just, not just that. It was like a Disney movie, like some kind of like, like you could see like Mikhail Grandlin getting that goal at the very last second with like Mr. Miyagi, like giving him like a nod or a thumbs up <laughs> in the background or something <laughs> like that. Yes. Uh, like Ted Lasso, big Ted Lasso vibes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So basically what we're talking about, if you for some reason didn't catch last night's game, uh, the Preds won four to three. It got off to a great start uh, Mm -hmm. for the Nashville Predators. Just 11 seconds in the game. Ryan Johansson puts the team up one nothing. Colton Sisson scored again right at the end of the period. Then it kind of went haywire. The New Jersey Devils scored three goals in a span of two minutes, 38 seconds in the second period. Predators played from behind the rest of the game, but with just 10 seconds left on the clock, Mikhail Granlund, a second chance, maybe even a third chance goal, just plunges a rebound past Vitek Vanacek to tie the game and send it to overtime. And right off the bat, Ryan Johansson buries what may have been the play of the night from Matt Duchesne. Yes. Buries it to give the Preds a 4-3 overtime win and your one word to describe last night's game so i didn't intentionally go with a christmas quote theme just so we're clear but it just happened to fit so much i'm gonna be really honest i'm gonna be completely transparent about this had the predators lost this game three to two i i would have felt pretty good about the way that they played And I had resigned myself to the Predators losing three to two. 
before Mikhail Granlund did, you know, the Disney magic to tie the game. And then Ryan Johansson scored this overtime, this quick overtime goal to give the Predators a win over the New Jersey Devils. And so in the spirit of all of that information, my one word to describe this game is it's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) There is just, I'm going to be really honest. Like I really felt like this was a game in which the Predators could do well by them, you know, for themselves to keep the game close, to keep the game competitive, to limit those crushing uh, rush chances uh, to keep it to a one goal loss. I, I really felt like with, you know, 10 seconds left in the game, I thought, you know what, I can feel pretty good about this loss, even though, you know, there were some ebbs and flows that we're going to dig into in a little bit, but I can feel pretty good about this loss. And then Mikhail Granlin's like, oh, but no, I'm not okay with it. And then the way that the overtime went, it, it's, it's a Christmas miracle, y'all. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Feel like Tiny Tim with his little crush on his birds. It's like the Predators won. God bless us, everyone. What's the best? What's the best? Uh, a Christmas Carol movie TV adaptation. I'm like, look, I'm old school. I want. Um, now I'm not going to remember his name. Um, the old, the old guy. Obviously, the play Scrooge because it's always an old guy. Yeah. Um, I can picture him in my head, and I'm thinking F. Scott's F. Scott Fitzgerald. And that is so not I, I don't think he was in Christmas Carol. <laughs> it was not him. Oh, George C. Scott. I knew there was an initial in it. George yeah. C. Scott, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Do you see how I got confused between? Yeah, the two? there there is a Scott and an initial. There was this. Yeah, so George C. Scott is Scrooge. Always will be my my very favorite. Even though I get totally wigged out. I don't know if you've seen that version. I get wigged out in that version where the one ghost of Christmas, and I think he's past or present. I don't know which one he was. He opens his robe, and at the bottom are like two like malnourished, scrawny kids. Totally wigged me out. Still a little uncomfortable with it as a grown up. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, have you not <laughs> seen that? Uh, no, apparently. Yeah. Not. I yeah, was going to say my favorite one is the Muppet one. <laughs> gonna do the Muppets and also an excellent choice yeah because it's it's um Michael Caine doing like mm-hmm. Shakespeare aggressive theater with a bunch of puppets yeah and I think that's that's a fantastic thing to witness have you seen the new one that's out now with um Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell Thank you. Yes. I did yes okay that's on our to-do list it's it is a really good one you'll like it as as a fan of musical theater you would like it yeah so what is your one word to describe the magic that happened last night the christmas miracle we saw i am going to end game because Uh if you've seen avengers end game uh the ending of end game kind of feels like this uh minus a lot of sad deaths uh, basically, it looks like the Avengers are screwed. They put up a valiant effort to fight back, but Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet again. He's about to wipe out all of mankind. And you're thinking, you know what? Yeah, proud of how they found it. It's good to see Black Panther back. It's good to see uh, Anthony Mackie back in the fold. But, you know, it's just, you know, happy with it. But you're all going to die. 
Now, at the very last gasp, with 11 seconds left on the clock, Mikhail Iron Man just <laughs> walks towards the goal, grabs the Infinity Gauntlet in a very scrappy play, steals the Infinity Stones, and then just snaps it. And in that snap, all it takes is a good 10 seconds and the good guys finally prevail over the bad guys, snatching victory from what should have been the jaws of defeat. And that's what the Nashville Predators did. Mikhail Granlund was the guy who stole the Infinity Stones past Thanos Vanacek, <laughs> got the game tied up where they need to be. And then Ryan Johansson was the Captain America at the end with 33 seconds left, going back and returning all the Infinity Stones back to where they should be. So it's like nothing ever happened. Yep. I, I absolutely love that because it really did feel, like you said, it really felt that amazing of an ending. And again, would have been would have felt pretty good having been competitive in this game for so much of the 60 minutes of regulation that I thought, you know what, this is, this is one that the predators can build on. And Nashville was like, yeah, we're not done yet, but wait, there's more that yeah. it was, it was, yeah, it was such a great game. Y'all, if you didn't get a chance to see it, at least watch the highlights because it will fluctuate your blood pressure just enough, like a roller coaster. It'll be a little thrill for you. Yeah, and it really does. It really does feel like at the end of the day, they kind of snatched a victory mm -hmm. from the jaws of defeat. And you know what? We're going to talk about that here in a second, but that's not nothing to sneeze at. No. I know, again, there's a lot of people, you know, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. Let, let's get into this in a second. Uh, before we do that, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet online betonline.net your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis you get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to college football to college basketball to the nba to soccer esports and of course hockey they've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at bet online as well always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions happening across the world of sports right now bet online where the game starts all right and i think the big takeaway from this game and we'll get into some of the more uh, like individual accolades and stuff like this. But the big takeaway for this game is that, first off, the Predators handed the New Jersey Devils only their second loss of yeah. any kind since October 24th. Yeah. October 24th, they lost to the Washington Capitals. They have won all but one game in that span until last night. So the Predators did something that a lot of the NHL hasn't been able to do, and that's find a way to beat the New Jersey Devils. And you know what? There is something to be said, Anne. You know, I know we live in a world of, of metrics and all that, and, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. At the end of the day, what matters is the final score and finding a way to beat the other team. And that seems like a very classic case of what happened last night, the Predators found a way to beat the New Jersey Devils. And you know what? They didn't look bad 
during the course of that game either. It's not like, oh, my God, the Predators are getting manhandled. They're getting absolutely lucky here. They looked pretty good. And when push came to shove, the big guns found a way to beat the other team's big guns. And that is something that you have to give the Predators credit for. Yeah, this was definitely a game that you can walk away from and feel like this was a good 60 minutes of hockey, even though there was that pocket at the beginning of the second period where the Devils came out and just bam, 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 you know, got back in the game, tied the game, got the lead in the game in that opening second period. But a lot of that, or at least a good portion of that, needs to be credited to the Devils and not uh, discounted from the Predators because it was not like the Predators came out in the second period and just sat back. We saw them do that in the game against Anaheim a little bit in the third period. And, and John Hines was not particularly thrilled with that aspect of the Anaheim Ducks game. And you didn't see that in the second period. But what you saw is what's been very typical of the New Jersey Devils for a stretch of this season. And that's that they own the second period. The second period is there like, okay, we were just toying with you in the first period. Now we're going to show you what we're capable of. And they came out and did that. Now Nashville did set them up with some power play opportunities and they capitalized on those. And so, you know, Nashville has to own a little bit of that, but the Predators came out and they played and competed for 60 minutes. And that's where, you know, when the score was three to two with 11 seconds left to go, I felt like, you know what, I can feel okay about this win because Nashville executed really pretty well. This was a more complete 60 minute game than what we saw against Anaheim than what we have seen earlier. I mean, do we need to go back and talk about the third period of the LA Kings, Columbus Blue Jackets, three to one fiasco debacles, you know, so you can see that there is improvement in the Predators game. And at this point in the season, you know, you definitely have to be on that upward trajectory, especially the Predators with the December schedule. So you could feel good about what the Preds did. Um, but they just weren't done. Like they, they, they were not satisfied with that. And I think that is a really good thing. Not that look, the predators were going to fight till the final buzzer, whether Mikhail Granlin made that shot or not, because that's just what you do. But he did make that shot just so we're clear and we review he did, <laughs> and it went to overtime. But I think you can look at the statistics and we know people do. And you can see that Nashville didn't dominate this game um, in, you know, time of possession. They didn't dominate this game, but neither did the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. And that's something for the Nashville Predators to hang their hat on. They were not run ragged. This game did not play out on the ice like I thought it might play out in my mind. You know, I thought the Predators would be chasing not only the score, but would be chasing the Devils, you know, that, you know, UC Saros was going to be just continually under pressure. And here, you know, not to say that the Devils didn't have their breakaway chances, not to say that UC Saros did not come in clutch in this game. I don't know that a team wins this game with a goaltender who isn't UC Saros. Yeah. But this was a good game. Can, can we all just set aside the charts and graphs and just say, you know what? This was a good game for the Nashville Predators. I don't know if we can all do that, but I think we should. I think the big takeaway for me, Anne, uh, and now this might all go haywire tonight, me saying this. Yeah. The Predators over the past three weeks are starting to look dangerous. 
-hmm. They're starting to look like that classic team that's difficult to beat. Or even the teams that have found a way to win, uh, they have had to come up with some magic on their end. You know, thinking back to the Red Wings and Billy Huso playing yes. lights out. You know, it's one of those where it's like, you know, if we were the other team, we'd be saying, who, you know, not sure we deserve to win that one, but we definitely stole that game. Like, that's what's starting to come about for the Nashville Predators is they are looking like a extremely difficult team to beat. And that's kind of their trademark. Look, they're not elite. They're not an elite hockey team. If you're yeah. comparing him to the likes of like Colorado or Tampa Bay right now, but there is something to be said for hockey teams that are hard to beat because those are teams that can rack up points. Those are teams that can go into an elite team like Colorado, which we got two of those games coming up or Tampa Bay, like we have coming up next week. They can walk in there and they can make life hell for even some of the best NHL players. And that is, there is something to be said for that. And yes, you can make a playoff run with a team like that. We have seen been done so many times. Mm -hmm. St. Louis, most notably won a cup a couple years ago, kind of playing that same sort of style where you just have a red hot goaltender and a team up front. That's hard to crack. And, yeah. and so for the, you know, people say, Oh, the Preds are, you know, they're just going to go to the first round and, and bow out early and they're going to get crushed by a real team and, and all that stuff. I'm not so sure, mm -hmm. you know, because if the Preds keep playing like they played last night where like all you have to do is not get blown out, like all you right. have to do is like keep that game close, which they did. I mean, the Devils are averaging, what, 35, 40 shots a game somewhere in that range this season. And the Preds held them to, to 28. Preds had 24 shots. So as long as you can not get killed and make the game competitive, that's when you have guys like UC Soros that can step up and steal a win. That's when you have guys like Roman Yossi or Ryan Johansson who come up with clutch plays down the stretch to find ways to win hockey games. There is something to be said for a team that plays that kind of style as long as they execute it well. And last night, penalties need to be cleaned up. But other than True. that, the Predators executed a lot of what they want to do as a hockey team very well. Yeah. And to build on what you're saying, I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that Nashville beat a team that plays a game that's a little bit outside of the Predators' wheelhouse. Nashville yeah. typically does not compete well against teams with speed, which was one of the reasons this New Jersey Devils team is so good is their rush game. But the Predators found a way to stay in this game. And I think that is what is important. You're not always going to match up evenly in style of play or in you know, specific talent up and down the lineup, but you find ways to win. This was a win over a team that plays a style of hockey that is a little bit outside of Nashville's wheelhouse. That's the skill that you have to have to compete in this league, not necessarily be fast, be good on the forecheck, be a hundred percent great at all of these different aspects, especially offensively of a team. You just have to know how you can slow them down and beat them. That's what the predators did. They beat a team that plays a style of hockey that's outside their wheelhouse. That's a really big win for the Predators. 
for sure. And that's something that the Predators are going to need going forward. Uh, they had, like we mentioned, uh, one of the, this December is probably the toughest month on the calendar for them this season in terms of opponents they're going to play. Obviously that could change down the stretch, but right now, you know, you look at the schedule opponents and December is the toughest one. They just knocked off arguably the toughest team on that list. So what does the rest of the season have to hold? They got to build on this. It starts tonight uh, against the New York Islanders, who, again, a tough team, won the Predators, had a little bit difficulty putting away last time. Uh, we'll talk about that game in a second, plus more from this game coming up. Yep, we're going to talk about the Islanders game. And I also have a question for you, Nick, especially about tonight's game. We're going to dive into that in just a second. But first, want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen today. For your second listen, we want to encourage you to check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, you get to go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and in-depth insights that only Locked on can provide. So check out Locked on Sports today. It's available on this app. It's on YouTube. It's available with wherever you get your podcast. All right, Ann, um, what's another takeaway you had from the Predators 4-3 win over the New Jersey Devils? You know, one of my biggest takeaways is that New Jersey is actually who they say they are. You know, you go into these games and especially when you have a team that's a top team in the league, especially when you have a team that's a top team in the league that hasn't been a top team in the league. You There's a part of you that's like, is it puck luck? Is this going to kind of burn out? And this far into the season, there's a pretty good indication that the Devils are the real deal. The game last night, the Devils are the real deal. You know, you don't, I don't really want to come on here and give kudos to our opponent, but here's what I have to say. My, my (laughs) big takeaway. Yeah. The big takeaway for me is that the New Jersey Devils are the real deal. Like this team is really good. They have good goaltending. They are as fast as I thought they were going to be. The pace in which they play the game, I was surprised didn't run the Predators ragged. The Predators were able to keep up with it, but I have to tell you, watching them last night, I thought I'm going to be kind of peeking at some New Jersey Devils game because this team is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. the win feel even better. Yeah. Uh, they look like a complete team and they have a lot of mm-hmm. things looking for them on both ends of the ice. You know, they have uh, the dynamic scoring with their number one draft tandem of uh, Jack Hughes and Nico Heeshier. They have really good defense in that back end. Dougie Hamilton, you know, kind of having a a Norris quality type of season. And a lot of guys like Brendan Smith and Damon Severson, who are really good, like lockdown stay-at-home defenders. Uh, And Vita Vanacek, you know. The Mm -hmm. Predators, you know, even though they put four past him, uh, still, you know, came up with some additional big saves down the stretch. You know, like saves that look like they could have been easy goals for Nashville. So, Definitely agree with what you're saying. Definitely give the Devils some kudos there. Uh, but the other person, the main person, and uh, I would love to give kudos to after last night. Uh, you know, he's he was the hero at the end. He was the hero at the beginning. And that's Ryan Johansson. Yes. Because here's the thing about Ryan Johansson. This guy has, in terms of perspective, uh, has not had the easiest go as a Nashville Predator over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Remember, there is that whole big debate 
over which one would you rather have, Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. And even though Ryan Johansson had kind of been doing well this season that that debate happened, yeah, everybody kind of picked Duchesne. They did. There wasn't yeah. a lot of love for Ryan Johansson in that debate. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy, you know, last year, everybody was talking about Philip Forsberg. Everybody was talking about Duchesne and Yossi and like their numbers in the first line. Ryan Johansson had a big, big bounce back year. Yeah. His best statistical season since he, you know, put up 66 points the year before the most goals he scored uh, since his Columbus Blue Jackets days. And he quietly put together a big bounce back year while spending most of the year on the worst line of the Nashville Predators. Yeah, he was a man alone. He was tasked with kind of anchoring that second line of nothing wingers. And he still came out and played really good hockey, really good game changing hockey. And I don't think a lot of people really noticed, really appreciated I think they still see of him as like an $8 million throwaway piece, but you saw just how he's been playing last night. And, you know, our, our, my, our buddy, uh, Sean Smith w- was talking about it over the weekend and uh, Brian Baston as well mentioned, Hey, Ryan Johansson is somebody you kind of have to watch. They, yes. he's been playing good hockey all the se- all season. He's one of the guys that's helping the predators control the play. Like other teams aren't getting a lot of really good chances when he's on the ice. He's doing a lot of things you're not noticing very well. Best Preds face-off guy this year. Another yep. thing he's doing, he's a Swiss Army knife, man. He really yes. is a Swiss Army knife. And he is helping the Predators in a lot of different ways. But it just doesn't seem like, you know, he's getting a lot of the kudos and a lot of the recognition that, say, Philip Forsberg or Roman Yossi get when they're heating up or Matt Duchesne. So for him to come out and have a three-point night last night, he scored the two bookend goals, also mm-hmm. assisted on the Mikhail Granlund game tying goal. Yeah. For him to have that kind of big noticeable performance, it's good. It's good to have him have sort of a performance where he's in the spotlight because despite all the good hockey he's been playing, it's not always translating to the score sheet. And I think because of that, a lot of fans are still kind of eh, on him. Yes, he's just okay. He's really, and I 100% agree with you, Ryan Johansson was the unsung hero of last night. Or maybe he is the sung hero. I don't know for sure what people I, I, are I would singing, say after last but night, you're be. the sung hero. He's, he he's should be the spot. sung. Yeah. Yes, he should be the sung hero. Looking back on earlier in the season, his unsung work, like you said, is things like face-offs. There, he's in the top of the league for face-off wins. Also, look at the success that Nino Niederreiter has had. How many of Niederreiter's assists have come through Ryan Johansson? You know, so and I also want to give a shout out to Ryan Johansson, Nino Niederreiter, and that's right. I'm going to say it, Nick Cole Smith. Again, yeah, <laughs> Cole Smith just keeps racking up good performance. You know, so it's really great to see Johansson playing as well as he is. It is especially rewarding to see him with people that he can also make better or who make him better. I think that finally, you know, Nino Niederreiter coming in was the second line miracle, but you still had this open spot and the Predators have kind of cycled through bodies in this open spot. Is it going to land on Cole Smith? I think he made a good argument last night in the game. Yeah. So I have a question for you about this game, though. All right. Big game. 
Big game, huge, big, huge game. Big win, lots of excitement, can't wait. But it's the first game in a back-to-back yeah. playing the New York Islanders tonight. How does the energy of last night's game, how does just the emotional energy, but also the physical energy that they had to use to play a team with speed like the Devils, how is that going to affect tonight's game? It feels like it's a game in which you're almost going to have to maybe survive the first five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, in a perfect world, the Predators just build off what they had and, you know, go in here gung-ho. And they still might, at least in terms of strategy and mentality and, you know, looking for good plays, like building off that good play. But, you know, the reality is you might get tired a little bit after mm-hmm. playing the second half of the double game. That's just something that happens in the NHL. So if you're the Preds, you know, you're looking at this game and just saying, okay, we might get blitz the first five, 10 minutes of this one. The Islanders might come out with a big jump. You know, if you're the Preds, you're kind of looking at this one thinking, just just survive uh, the yeah. first bit of the game. Like, let's just make sure we don't turn it over. We don't do any stupid mistakes. We don't give away uh, any sort of gimme goals, anything yes. like that, where it's just like, you know, you're letting somebody walk in or you just, you know, turn the puck over in a bad spot and it's a two on one the other way. If you can play clean, like if you can play clean hockey, and survive, you know, some of that early mayhem. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Islanders are a little bit more into, you know, game mode where they've spent some energy. You know, the Predators still might be a little bit tired, but it's more of an even footing. And that to me, that's something that I'm watching for is, Mm -hmm. you know, for the Predators to win this game, they have to play clean because Yeah. yeah, as you mentioned, there, there probably is going to be a little bit of an energy fitness advantage for the Islanders. Yes. Yeah, the Islanders are coming into tonight's game. They've had two days off at this point in the season. That's a gift. Of course, Nashville had several. They went, what, five days off, six days off unexpectedly. It was a so lot. Maybe, it was a six, lot. Six games between games. Yeah. Six days between games. So, you know, maybe this is the night where that, extra break benefits the Predators. I don't know. We'll have to kind of see, but I think there is just an emotional element of a big win. You know, you kind of have to temper that, like celebrate it last night, now temper it and come into the game tonight. So let's hope they can do that. I agree with what you're saying. Tonight has to be a clean game because special teams, New York Islanders, very good in special teams. Their penalty kill is very good. You know, their power play is, well, better than ours, which isn't necessarily saying something, but let's just be real. (laughs) And the Predators have got to get something going on this power play. It's, it's, it was painful. And then we had some hope. And then now it's back to, are we just giving the other guy two minutes of rest for free? It's feeling a little bit like that. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on because I think penalties could be something that makes a difference in the game tonight. And we just don't need that to happen. And and penalty kill has been a little bit off for the Nashville Predators. We talked about them having one of the best units, but they've kind of had a rough couple of weeks uh, where they've given up some power play goals to last night. Islanders uh, have the 14th best power play in the NHL. So 
that's another thing in which the mistakes are going to handle. You, you got to not repeat the kind of yes. mistakes the Preds made last night that led to penalties. That's yes. going to be a big one. Uh, I would assume we would see Kevin Lincoln in, in that tonight, yes. uh, which, you know, boy, it's it's been good to be able to say that and, you know, kind of having a uh, a good number two that you can put out in the second half of the back-to-back and know that you're not going to have to kind of clench the end of your seat like we did at times <laughs> last year. Yes. Love David Riddick, but no, I agree with you. I'm excited to see a little bit more of Kevin Lincoln. And we have seen some of him playing, uh, you know, some earlier games. He's been in a couple of games, uh, but really excited to see him. I think he's played five. This will probably be his sixth. And like what we've seen so far from Lincoln. And so I'm excited to see him. I think this will be an interesting matchup for him. So can't wait. Root for another Finn and net. Like just put a Finn in net and let's see what happens. There we go. Uh, we did see F1 driver Valtteri Botas was skating with the Canadians yesterday. So maybe maybe he wants to come hang out in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. We're fun. We are. We are fun. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, after this game, uh, the Predators have a big break. They do not play again until yeah. next Thursday. Uh, so, hey, maybe this is one of those games in which you can kind of go balls to the wall and not have to worry about your energy because, you know, you have a big gap on the other end where you can heal. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens tonight. And then on Monday, we'll be back here to kind of break it all down for you. Yep. Fun stuff coming up. Uh, and where can the people find your work? You can find my work at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com or wingingitmotown.com. You can also find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. While you're on Twitter, follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. However you are listening to us right now, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your Facebook, favorite podcasting app be sure to subscribe leave us a rating if you don't mind and leave a comment let us know what you think of uh, some of the predators uh, recent wins and their recent run of play that's going to do it for us on this week's locked on predators podcast thank you for making us your first listen of the day all week long we'll be back monday with a fresh episode for you we'll see you then